Welcome to A Whole Load of Property, Business, and Mindset, a podcast bringing together like-minded people who have an interest in all things business, property investing, and personal development, no matter what stage of your journey you're at. And now, here's your host, Dan Cooper. Today we have Alex Blakeborough from AB Finance Limited, um, bridging and, and development finance specialist. So Alex, thanks for coming on today. Really appreciate your time. You know, you know, big world of property out there and, and you can help people in uh, various different ways. So we'll obviously touch on that. Um, so yeah, like I say, thanks for coming on and just uh, just give a bit of uh, an overview over yourself, please. Yeah, well, thanks for having me on here, Dan. Um, Obviously, we've been in we've been in contact for a little while now. Um, so yeah, a bit about me uh, for those that don't know. Uh, I'm obviously Alex uh, Blakeborough. I run um, and own AB Finance, um, specialists in particular in development finance and bridging. Um, and also, we bring uh, sort of private equities to, to 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 the table as well for those sort of seasoned developers. Um, who maybe are looking for, in theory, up to 100% uh, funding, perhaps. Um, we, 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 we can look at for those season, season developers. Excuse me, I will turn my phone on silence now. Apologies about that. So I'm also a uh, property investor um, in Leeds. We've got uh, some, some a small portfolio of HMOs, but... Uh, which run themselves, we keep them at sort of a, a, a high end level for student student lets, um, and uh, and yeah, um, those those look after themselves. As I say, one of the key things that we that we sort of implement is to keep them at a, a really high standard and um, set ourselves apart from uh, from the rest uh, from our competition. Uh, hopefully, the same as we do with our our service and our knowledge in the property finance industry, particularly, as I say, developments and um, and, uh, and conversions. So that'll be sort of your HMO conversions, new builds, um, commercial conversions, any buy, refurb, refinances, and, and flips is a lot of the stuff that we do. And also we do have key partners for the refinance as well. So any kind of property finance is where we, uh, we operate. So uh, that's in a nutshell, probably, you know, waffled on a little bit, but that's what we, uh, we do. Yeah, but it's a fantastic overview and it gives the listeners a, you know, a good understanding of, of what it is you can offer. So if someone's listening out there and they have a commercial to resi conversion or flip or, you know, they're doing a new build development, I think it's really key that, you know, you've covered all that. And one thing I pick up on a lot is, is it's always interesting to know as well, like there's many uh, people out there who work in the property industry but don't invest or, or anything themselves, which, you know, there's no issues with that. But I also think that the fact that, you know, you invest yourself, you understand the market, you understand the importance of, of lending, um, obviously yeah. being, a, being a broker yourself. So you can sort of um, be on the same level as many investors that, that you deal with on exactly. a day-to-day. I mean, I've got a refinance going through currently with Ken Reliance on, on my HMOs. So walk the walk and, uh, and, 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 and talk the talk, if you like. So uh, we know what investors are going through. And as I say, we, we specialise pretty much solely on... Um, uh, on finance for investors we don't do any non-regulated business as such but um so yeah that's uh um property finance really for for investors what's uh, what's the current market looking like at the minute for yourself so um you know like there, there's so many sort of areas you cover but would you say well the market the housing market generally is really quite um 
it's, 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 it's bonkers and it can be fairly tough obviously to find uh, to find deals particularly doing what I'm doing in the in the in the in the, in the current market it's it's not simple for um, uh, for investors and developers to find really deals with decent margins in and that, that, that stack up the way that prices have increased uh, materials are obviously uh, increasing as well, and there's a bit of a shortage of labour as well. So generally, costs are going up, prices are going up. I mean, it, it, the flip side of that, obviously, is that people that have done their developments, um, you know, um, during uh, during COVID and perhaps just after, and selling their pro- their properties after it, um, even though COVID is still going on in the background and making some decent profits. But as I say. Um, Getting those uh, those deals to stack up can be fairly tough at the moment. There are deals out there, particularly sort of direct to vendor uh, campaigns, and um, um, yeah, the, as, as I say, there's always deals to be had, and you might have to get creative in the ways that you um, you, you you're refurbing and that kind of thing. But there's still deals to be had, and there's still decent margins to be made. Just perhaps trickier to to find. Perhaps some of the less experienced. Um, investors have have driven sort of in the past over the past few months driven those those prices particularly auctions up and eroded some of the margins that are available in in those deals but as i say um stay patient i think there will be eventually some form of leveling out in the in the market generally and um yeah uh, as i say in uh, adversity there's always uh, um opportunity available so um you, you know commercial uh, co- commercial conversions is is a really big area as i say might maybe there's a lot of people looking for them uh and perhaps greeting uh, you know greedy vendors are, are able to be greedy with with the way the market is which again is eroding some of them are some, some you know some margins but uh with material costs and labor uh, shortages as well um you, you know we're, we're increasing the the bill cost as well but as i say stay patient and um yeah uh, th- th- there are deals to be had regardless yeah, I totally agree. Like we um we, we sourced one yesterday actually as a buyer refurbished refinance, but you know, it's been the first one in a while. So we've been focusing on other strategies. And for, for my listeners, I'll know that I've been working with overseas clients and doing other sort of strategies. But um but yeah, we, we managed to source one yesterday and because it was a, a good opportunity, the interest was crazy, you know, because people are struggling to get good opportunities. They so, get snapped up like yeah, that. so they get snapped and, and it did, um, which is obviously good for us. But yeah. Um so I just want to talk on bridging finance first. So, you know, you've got bridging development. Um, so, you know, my understanding of bridging is, you know, you put 25% down um, like you would on a mortgage and then um, a lender provides you or they essentially bridge the gap for the purchase price. And this is essentially, uh, I use inverted commas here, a cash purchase um, mm. because you're able to fund um the, the property purchase it, a lot quicker than actually going through a conventional mortgage. Exactly. So I guess it can speed up the purchase and make your offer more attractive. But just um, just for the listeners, like for, for those who haven't learned or, or, or used bridging, what are the what are the benefits of using bridging finance in, in property? Well, obviously, um, you've got to be a bit careful, I'd say, uh, first of all, in, in, in um, you, you know, saying it is a cash purchase because um, everything in, in property is about relationships and you don't necessarily want to damage those relationships with agents by saying, you know, this is a cash purchase um, when it's a bridge. I would say that it's a bridging purchase um, because you don't want it. I mean, um, 
it will generally come to, to light that it is a, a bridging loan as opposed to cash purchase through um, through legals, etc., and the time that it takes, that kind of thing. So um, I'd say that trying to build relationships um, with your uh, agents is, is really um, a crucial thing. So I would be honest from the start, and, you know, FCA broker, I've got to, um, you know, um, put across that honesty is best and, uh, and always be honest with lenders and, and everyone that is involved. Generally, things come out in the wash. It's a, quite a rigorous process. And, um, yeah, so, so do be honest. So just moving on to that, I've gone off slight tangent, but, um, yeah, do, do be honest, as I say. Um, bridging. So bridging is generally it's going to be used where um, the property isn't mortgageable, for, for example. So if you're looking at a, a, a refurbishment where perhaps you don't have a kitchen or bathroom, that kind of thing. Um, and generally, if you're doing a refurbishment, um, you, you should be using uh, using bridging anyway. So it's a short-term form of finance. So if your situation demands a short-term form of finance where you aren't pulling in um, rental income, um, then you're going to be needing to use a bridge. So even if it is mortgageable and you're looking to do a, a, a refurb, um, and then refinance to, to sort of recycle your cash. So that's what the, 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 the aim is if you buy refurbing and refinancing is to recycle as much cash as possible and, and, and keep keep them you know to grow your portfolio quickly quickly. If you if you just basically um, purchasing on a buy to, uh, on a buy to let mortgage, for example, then um, that deposit is immediately absorbed into the property. So um, with a bridge, you can um, you can purchase the property, um, refurb it, and then refinance it onto a term mortgage, pull some of that cash out and go again, basically. As I say, the, the, whilst, whilst you're refurbing, the property won't be bringing in any rental king, income, which means that you won't be able to generally, um, it, the affordability won't be there to pay the mortgage. And again, be, be very um, honest with your uh, lenders, um, Generally, if you disclose that you're doing a refurbishment, then they won't be happy to uh, to lend. So um, for that reason, if you do get a buy of mortgage and refurbish, you're going to be in breach of your terms and conditions. So um, anything that, uh, that, you know, that any refurb you're doing is generally going to be a bridge, refurb, and then refinance. The beauty of bridging is that um, there are... Um, so uh, it's a very it's a great tool basically for um, for recycling your cash and the beauty of the bridging is that there's no early repayment charges either. So the key would be to get in and out of the bridge as quickly as possible. Um, and, uh, and and yeah, obviously the, the generally the interest the interest will be deducted day one for the term, perhaps uh, twelve months if uh, uh, just to give yourself a safety blanket. Um, um and so yeah uh so so yeah as i say give yourself a safety blanket there and um and let let um so, so you've got um enough time basically and that your balance will be readjusted basically to um um 
to to reduce basically at the, at the, at the end before. So if it basically if you if you take if you take out a bridge for twelve months and you exit it within six months, then you only pay the interest for six months. So as I say, key is to get in and out as quickly as possible. There's very, I've, I've gone on for a fairly long time there on uh, just just on. Um, on, on, on buying refurb finance so uh so yeah hopefully that gives you a little bit of an insight into that um yeah definitely and i think with with bridging as well um you know let's say for example you have a hundred thousand pounds uh, and the property is a hundred grand you could obviously buy one property using that but if you use bridging and obviously you're building all of the you know the the interest and the payments and the costs into your criteria into into your offer sorry um, as long as the number stacks, you can technically buy four properties because you can use the 100K split four ways and then bridge the rest, can't you? So yeah. what it does, it can help accelerate your investment career because you're leveraging other finance as opposed to using all of your one in every single deal. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's tough to recycle nowadays all to pull out all the cash that you're putting into a deal. But um I mean, I've had a deal recently where I think the, the client has left maybe three or four grand in the deal. So, you know, but getting a buy-to-let property up and running there with just three or four grand, um, really, you know, um, it's it's a great tool. And all, all property investors, um, seasoned investors are using bridging, whether it's for conversions, buy refurb finance, um, or um, you know, other uses might be to pull pull some some quick cash out of a property as well. If you're looking at refurbing another property, that kind of stuff, and even for other business things, like I had a, a client who who had a, 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 a some some high solicitors fees for a, a, a business uh, lawsuit that he had, and needed to pull the cash out from really quickly for that, and he he pulled that out of a, of a property um, and used bridging for that. So there's all sorts of different uses. Yeah, it's quite. Um, I, I didn't know you could use it for that. So obviously, Touchwood. Hope I don't get any uh, high cost in lawsuits. But yeah. Um, but no, it's interesting to know that it can be used in various different ways. It's quite common in auctions as well, isn't it, bridging? Um, yeah. It's quite common. Yeah, in exactly. Auctions. So it's the gem- generally with bridging, it's going to be much quicker than your uh, term mortgages. So. Um, so yeah, for an auction purchase, particularly if you've got, if it's a, you know, the traditional auction where you've got 28 days to, to purchase from the hammer coming down, you're going to be needing to use bridging there as well because you just won't get a, a term mortgage over the line uh, in time, basically. Yeah, brilliant. And uh, whilst we're on the, the subject of bridging as well, are you able to talk us through, just for listening out there, sort of, um, you know, and I know it's deal dependent and, and everything's looked at uh, individually, but... You know, what are the sort of costs involved with taking out a bridging loan? Obviously, you've got okay. you know, broker fee and you've got entry exit fees maybe on some of them and monthly costs. Just so people can, you know, if they're listening and they're looking at bridging, they can build a little proposal around it and just, just build it in. I know it's best to come yeah, to the and get a full illustration. You'll have various fees with bridging. I mean, it's not cheap um, from a lending point of view, uh, but I mean... Is it expensive compared to not doing a deal at all? You know what I mean? Obviously, if there's profit to be made and you don't have the cash and you're looking at conversions, that kind of thing, then um, the the only way to do these kind of deals is using bridging. You know, um, people have a, have a bad impression that you, you have really high penalties if you go over term, that kind of thing and, and, and whatnot. But I think the key is... is it's communication. I'm just going off a slight tangent again, but the key is communication throughout the process. Uh, communicate with your lender. And most of the lenders that I use don't have severe um, 
penalties for going over term. That's not to say you want to run over term because the main the main thing is to get in and out as quickly as possible. And perhaps that gives you a bit of a, a nudge up the behind to, to try and crack on as much as possible if they do have severe penalties. But certain lenders uh, will have will have higher higher penalties than others. Um, but majority of the lenders I use don't have that severe sanctions for running over term. So that's just another uh, some some uh, another sort of thing that, that, that I mentioned. What was the the question again? There, you know, it's just about the sort of costs involved. So obviously, oh, no, so that's so, uh, so like, what percentages? The, yeah, the penalty costs. So in terms of your upfront costs, you're going to have generally a broker fee. So just recently, actually, I've changed my structure. So I charge three hundred ninety nine pounds on application. I then will add a broker fee of the same amount um, to the loan. Uh, so that's that's on completion as well. Um, minimum. So that's a minimum of three nine nine. Uh, it might go up to maybe half a half a percent broker fee, depending on how um, how how uh, sort of in, in in depth how complex the deal is, how much how much t- my time it takes, that kind of thing. So that's my broker fee three nine nine plus. Uh, question mark um, on on completion. So, um, not of not of not a massive um, fee at all across the market. Just pointing that out. So, some brokers will charge up to nine 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 on application, you know, or or you know even one percent or half percent. So that's the broker fee. That will be the first fee that you pay on application. So, assuming just so, then the application will be. Um, Initially under it, I mean, at this point where we go to application, we'll have an AIP or heads of terms, and um, there shouldn't be any reason why the initial underwrite is thrown out unless, uh, you know, so it will be credit back though, they'll have a quick look at it. And uh, and um, and then we go on to valuation. So valuation fees are generally fairly high in bridging. Reason for that is that you've got sort of a three pronged valuation. So you've got the valuation of the current value of the property. You then have um, a monitoring surveyor, asset manager, QS, whatever you want to call them, depending on the complexity of the deal. They will want to see. A schedule of works, what you're planning on doing to the property and make sure that all your costings tally up with what they expect them to, uh, them to cost. We'll then have a GDV, so done up value. So um, those, those are the three um, the three sort of aspects of the valuation. So obviously that's going to take longer than just a what's that what's that property worth, you know, currently. So going to be more expensive valuation. Um, presuming that the valuation comes back all hunky-dory and what we're expecting, we'll then have to pay lenders legals, unfortunately, as well. So again, um, legals can be fairly fairly complex with bridging. We also expect them to be done quickly. Um, anything at, where we're expecting uh, um, to, to be expediating, uh, then that's going to be more expensive as well, unfortunately. So you might have a valuation of between perhaps perhaps 500 to, you know, depending on the deal size, up to sort of three grand, you know, some of them, um, and even and even higher. Um, might have a QS fee, as I say, as well, or an asset manager fee. Um, we'll then have legal fees, again, can range from sort of seven, eight, 800, right the way up to, uh, to, 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 to for larger projects, X grant, X amount of thousand. So those are going to be your, your fees that you have to pay up front. You then will have generally on bridging a 2% arrangement fee. Um, you may have an admin fee from certain lenders. 
and um, you may have a title insurance fee, these kind of fees as well. So um, fees will be quite high, but again, um, your broker should sort of uh, discuss all that with you and, and sort of lay out all the fees prior to you entering into the agreement. As I say, there may be penalty fees for running over terms, and there may be an exit fee depending on which lender we use, and especially if it's heavier refurbs or development finance, generally there might be an exit fee of perhaps 1%, maybe higher. Um, Rate-wise, you're going to be looking anywhere. Sort of market-leading rates are going to be 0.55% at 70% loan-to-value. We can get lower loan-to-values. We may get below, you know, below 50% loan-to-value. We might be able to get below um, below 0.5% per month. But market-leading is 0.65%, and that's going to be for 75%, and that's going to be on a, um, a straight bridge without any refurb funding as well. Um all the way up to, I'd say, probably the maximum that my lender is going to be charging is probably 1.15, something like that. So in that window per month, that's sort of 70%, 75%, sorry, loan to value. And, um, you know, if you're looking at getting a refurbishment funded as well, then there's a, there's, there's not even touched on that yet. But um, there are options, obviously, to get your refurbishment funded as well as part of the bridge. Um, so, so, yeah. Um, that's a whole different uh, kettle of fish, basically. Um, the, your refurbishment bridges, um, we can talk about that in a little while, if you think. Well, yeah, you're sort of leading, uh, leading me on because I was going to uh, bring up the fact that, you know, development finance, refurbishment finance, there's, there's loads of things that can help out with, with an investor. So I'll be honest, when I first started, yeah. I didn't know about the refurbishment finance. Um you know, so so for people who want everything funded, or I say everything, most, you know, within reason, the refurbishment yeah. and, and the rest of the purchase, you know, there's, there's things, you've got bridge yeah. to let, you know, there's that product as well, whether they still do it or not, I don't know. It's not something I've used, but, um, you know, there are a lot of products out there. So I was going to uh, lead on to development finance and, and refurbishment yeah, and how okay. that differs from business. So, um, as you say, there is the option of refurbishment bridging as well. So uh, the way that works is that you might get slightly less loan to value. Some lenders will go up to 75% loan to value day one. <clears throat> but the main thing is that, you, you know, generally you, you'll be looking at 70. The, the refurbishment lending will work off the GDV. So up to, up to a real maximum. <clears throat> excuse me, of 75% of GDV. Um, uh, but, you know, different landers are different. Some will work off 70%, others will work off 75% um, and work backwards. But they won't go above 75% of the um, of the value day one, basically, either. And that's for more experienced developers, perhaps, and on, on, and on slightly, you know, higher loan sizes. Some lenders will roll the interest on top without going into that too much. Other lenders will retain the interest and deduct it day one. So depending on how much capital you've got, we can, we can look at both options. So the way that the refurbishment tranches will work is that uh, a lot of people think, oh, I'm getting refurbishment finance. That means that they'll give me all the money to do the refurb up front. Um, that's not the case. You get... Um, um, as I say, you may get 70 or 75% of the current value day one, as long as that fits in the parameters of the uh, loan to GDV. Um, and then you will have to have some funds, make this clear, to get the works started. So um, 
you will have to, um, as I say, probably need at least 20 grand to start your refurb off. And once you've spent that 20,000, the way that the refurb finance is, 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 is done basically is that an asset manager or depending on how um, in depth and how complex the deal is, a QS may come out and, um, and, and vet what you've done basically. And, and then uh, um, make sure that, uh, you know, that check your receipts, check that you've, you've spent the money, how you said you were going to spend the money, check everything looks okay. And, uh, and make sure that, you, as I say, you're doing everything as you said originally. So uh, once, once the asset manager or QS has come out and checked everything, they'll then revert back to the lender and then they'll give you a drawdown of what you've spent, basically. So say it's 20K, the lender will then give you that 20K. You then can spend that 20K on your next, uh, on your next lot of um, your next um, sort of refurb requirements. So um Misconception generally is that you get that refurb money up front. You will have to have funds to uh, to start the refurb off, um, regardless. Um, so yeah, they don't just give you a lump sum up front for you to uh, bugger off to Australia or traveling or something like that. You know, it's uh, it's very much um, uh, you know um, witnessed and, um, and and observed by uh, by the lender, and they they do have, want generally want to have some form of control over the. Uh, over the um, over the refurbishment, it, gem, the, there's two different types of lenders. Some lenders will do it in accordance with your costings. So as long as everything's going according to plan, they'll they'll and you you know you spend the money as you as you uh, as you as you were initially set out, then they will um, uh, basically uh, they'll do it in accordance with costings. Some other lenders you've got to be careful and just get make sure your broker is aware of this. Other lenders. We'll need to see an increase in the value of the uh, of the of the site, basically. So they'll they'll only uh, release further funds when that when that site is increased in value. So um, basically, you could, if you can imagine, some of the heavier refurbs will go backwards before they go forwards in terms of value. So always make sure. Generally, I tend to you know use. Um, uh, refurbishment lenders who are going to be using an asset manager and monitoring your costs and doing it that way, as opposed to simply you having to increase the value of the site um, and then having another valuation and then coming out and then only releasing because you know people generally can, a lot of people can run out of cash if they if they do it that way. So um, yeah, I mean I could talk all day as you know on on these on these subjects because it's uh, it's something that. Um, uh, I, I, yeah, and I guess, in. you know, like you say, there's so many different lenders, there's so much criteria, you know, and it's not to say that everything's exactly the same. It's all going to be looked at case by case, isn't it? So you're going to be looking at, you know, one deal, which is completely different to another deal. There's going to be different criteria, different requirements, different sort of costings, etc. So Exactly. Yeah. It's very, very bespoke is bridging and you've got to, you know, know what your client requires and also know how, how lenders work. So there's no sourcing system with bridging development stuff. You've just got to know the lenders inside out from speaking to them, which is why really you need a specialist um, bridger or development finance broker, you know, um, who's speaking to the lenders every day. You can't have uh, sort of a jack of all trades, really. If if you want to get the, the the solution that's right yeah, for so, you, you know, you you say you specialise in bridging and development. Like, how did you get into bridging and development finance? How did I get into? Well, basically, 
we're off for too long about this. So after how far back do I go? So after I split up with my long-term girlfriend um, about nine years ago now, um, I worked with her father who had a property business and also an egg business, believe it or not, running a running a chicken firm, running a buying and selling eggs eggs company. So um I was very much sort of uh, left in the lurches when we split up because I couldn't continue working there um, as to what I did next. And um, we we had already started investing in HMOs so and had a bit of a property background. And I sort of what sort of do something to do with property and um, got chatting to actually in, out in Leeds City Centre, got talking to some uh, some brokers, some property finance brokers, and we had stuff in common. And long story short, I got offered a... Uh, a job with those guys um, after a few drinks, basically. And um, it didn't necessarily work out where I was because it was all commission based. I didn't get a basic salary and I didn't know what I was doing. And there was no one really to to uh, to, to usher me and uh, and sort of um, help me and, uh, you know, give me give me a helping hand. So it didn't work out there, but I had a bit of a direction. I went to another brokerage, which was totally different, sort of in the office half half eight to half five every day, very long days. Uh, well, not as long as, as as we work nowadays running our own businesses. We never bloody stop. But um, yeah, um, very much, uh, very sort of regimented in the office, uh, as I say, half eight to half five every day. Learned quite a lot there. Eventually, I just thought, you know, um, bollocks to this, if you like. Um, I've, I had my dad, had unfortunately, passed away as well. So I had a ready-made office in my mum's uh, mum's house. So I thought, do you know what? I'm going to give this a go by myself and uh, gradually sort of went more down bridging in development finance and sort of set my stall up to, out to specialise in those areas. And um, yeah, now we've got a really in-depth sort of knowledge and uh, of all the lenders and really sort of, uh, um, you know, specialised in, in that area and, uh, and enjoy, I've got a passion for what I do really. So um, yeah, that's that's long story short how i got how i got into it and and how we we, we progressed. So how, how long have you been set up or how long has ab finance been going ab finance has been set up for six years i believe now so um as i said there's been a, a lot of uh perhaps didn't grow it as quickly as i wanted at first with, with, with you know was having other commitments with property and uh uh and various other things having to learn learn the ropes and learn all about the lender base and how everything works basically so um perhaps didn't feel you know had to do my my uh my apprenticeship if you like um and uh yeah um really learn the ropes isn't it? you can't be advising really if you don't know what you're advising yeah about, completely you know and, I mean? um, so you know it's never easy setting up your business and starting you, you need to gain that traction as well Exactly. It was a completely new thing to me running my own business and running, you know, sailing my own ship. So, uh, so yeah, it's taken a little while, but we've got yeah. that. So is it just yourself end. at AB Finance or do you have other brokers and do you have other people work? Um, so we're looking at taking on someone currently to, to, to bring the, uh, the refinance to the table. I do have sort of a, a, a PA that I use and um, uh, someone that I use for admin as well, but um, again, we're looking at expanding. So uh, I suppose um, worth mentioning, we are expanding. So I'm open to speak to anyone that might be interested in in in, in coming coming on board, particularly uh, in the in local Leeds. area. 
Yeah. Well, perfect. Yeah. So there's a potential job opportunity for, for listeners. So, uh, you know, I'll put that in the show notes. It might get some more listens. <laughs> um, yeah, fantastic. Exactly. So what's your, well, you sort of touched on it then, I guess, like your focus going forward. So you're recruiting, you're expanding. Um, obviously that's in, yeah, in your business, exactly. that, but what so, about your, your property aspect? Are you sticking with HMOs? Are you doing anything different? Yeah, I'm going to stick with HMOs. I mean, eventually I may look to do some joint ventures with clients, that kind of thing. Um, perhaps going to, going to get on myself onto, uh, onto development courses as well um, for two, two reasons, you know, building relationships with the, uh, with the, client, the other clients on there. And also, um, you can never learn enough in property. You know, I'm sure you'll agree with that. Every day is a school day, and in business as well. You know, we've all we've all got to uh, got to have that opinion. I, I believe if you think you know everything, you're going nowhere. You've got to keep evolving and keep pushing and keep keep um, driving, striving forward and learning every day. So, um, yeah, perhaps getting to into conversions, developments, perhaps with some clients in the in the future. But for now, my focus is really getting all the systems in the right men on the ground in the office with ab finance and um and um also bringing the uh, the equity the, the private equity to development finance uh, to, to, to 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 larger developments and perhaps um get some seasoned developers interested and and help them out uh, with the senior debt and with the equity and uh you know just keep increasing those connections perhaps um, from a selfish point of view, for me personally in the future and for my clients, obviously, which is yeah, the main thing. Um, I totally agree. So you've got a lot going on then. There's a, a lot in the pipeline and, you know, I'm sure I'm sure yeah. it will come to fruition as well. Um, you know, I see you're active. I see you working with a lot of clients. So you, you've got a good reputation in the industry as well. So, um, you know, there's there's no yeah. issues. I'm sure there's no issues with, with that happening. So listen, I wish you all the best of luck anyway with yeah. your recruitment. I know, I know how hard it is Thank with you. trying to recruit yeah. an apprentice at the minute um so if anyone wants an apprentice apprenticeship role for a lettings and management company in hold and you know hit, hit me up but yeah so it's 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 not easy you know it's a reflection of your company isn't it as well you know i'm you know we're going to be out there face to face and dealing with clients and there's great opportunities in property as you know daniel you know and um Whatever, whatever avenue you choose to go down, it's it's a great it's a great industry to be uh, involved in, and there's some fantastic people that you can learn from and mix with. You know, get out there and get learning and get um, get get yeah get 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 that your entrepreneurial boots on if you like. And, uh, and, and definitely, and, you've touched on it already. On. You mentioned that you do some development courses and things like that. And one thing that is, you know, I think is important, and I've mentioned it before. When I first got into property, the whole mindset thing, personal development. I thought it was all this cliched bullshit um, that, you know, but the, the more I've sort of immersed myself in property, whether I've just been brainwashed or not, um, I wouldn't say I have been, but, um, you know, mindset and personal development is huge because like you say, you can never know enough. And, you know, just from doing one buy refurbisher finance, you obviously learn from that, that you take into the next one. So that's obviously actively learning, but there's other ways where you could go to, yeah. let's say a classroom um, and you can learn, You've got to be careful as well, I think, with who, you know, there's a lot of people out there offering courses. You can spend a hell of a lot of money. And there's a lot of free advice. You've got to be careful which advice you take. So um, it's, uh, you know, there are quite a few people with perhaps limited experience who who um, 
market themselves as, as experts and, and, you know, mentors and this kind of thing. So just keep your, uh, keep your, you know, your wits about you and just be a little bit careful what, what, who you, who you, who you take on. It's, it's tough. I mean, when I was looking for a mentor myself, it's tough to know who to go to and, uh, You've got to have a, you know, some a bit of nous and a bit of uh, a gut instinct on who, who, you know, who, who, who knows the stuff, who doesn't, you know, yeah, it's exactly. tough sometimes. Um, so uh, yeah, there's all sorts of free advice out there, but generally, if you know, if it's in groups, that kind of thing, people will get called out if it's if it's not genuine advice, that kind of stuff, you know. So um there's a there's a, what's opinion what's fact as well you know what i mean it's uh it's there's a lot of gray areas but just keep learning keep speaking to people and try and be choosy with who you take it's advice about from, doing your uh doing your research doing your due diligence and making sure that the person you are yeah wanting to mentor you is doing what they say they're doing and they're doing stuff that you want to be doing because there's no point in you learning about something that doesn't align with your values or your strategy. So, yeah, you know, you know I, um, I want to go in Definitely. more into developments. We're doing a commercial to residential conversion at the minute. Our permitted development was just granted. Um, you know, now we're at the point where Congrats yeah, on that, mate. Um, to hear that. we're at the point now, like all of the consultants, no one sat me down before and said, you know, as soon as your PD's granted, you need a acoustician, you need a this, this, this M and E, um, you know, if I knew all this, I would have had it already lined up waiting for this PD date. Do you know what I mean? And there's little things. I'm not perfect. You know, I'm learning every day as I go along. And, you know, I I think that's the sort of the good thing in property as well. You're always learning and you're always doing. Exactly. If you can learn something new every day and just increase by, you you, you know, your productivity or your knowledge or um, just a couple of little things every day, then how much have you changed and improved over the year? Just keep you know, pushing, pushing those yeah, exactly. barriers. So I suppose this would, uh, this ties in really well for the next question. Um, we're talking about personal development, growth. What, for those starting out in business or property, um, you know, it could be a property business, let's say, what, what sort of advice or tips would you have for them? For, for someone yeah, just so starting someone out? Literally sitting, listening to this thinking, Do well, you know what? I want to get into property um, or I want to, I want to start a business. What, what advice would you have for them? Yeah. Um, first of all, I think we've covered most of it, really. You know, um, trying just the way I did it pretty much was throw myself in head first, um, you know, and, and learn on, on your feet. But um, as I say, don't be afraid to make mistakes. Um, if I look back at the way I was marketing AB Finance at the start, um, and the way it's evolved and it's still evolving. Um, it's amazing. And you just learn from your mistakes, forget the mistake and learn the lesson, uh, which is sometimes harder to, harder to do all these kind of, you know, um, phrases and memes that you see, you know, you can take a lot out of all this positive thinking and, you know, um, and throwing yourself in and going out of your comfort zone and all that kind of stuff. It really is, it's amazing what you can achieve when you when you step outside your comfort zone. Me, um, personally, uh, years ago, imagining myself coming on a podcast even, I'd, I'd shat myself, you know what I mean? And, and um, 
it's uh, it's just amazing how you get used to doing things and keeping pushing yourselves. I'm looking again, just a little, just to drop that in there. I'm looking at doing uh, speaking gigs at events in the near future. So if anyone listening is running their own networking event, something like that, I'd be like like to come and speak with regards to development finance bridging, and it gives you builds credibility. Um, obviously as well if you know what you're talking about and you can stand up and talk about it in front of people um obviously it's going to put you in a really put you in a pedestal but in a really good place for you for your business and and ask don't be afraid to ask questions just learn 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 you, the more te- the, you know success is basically the people the people that have got up more times than those that uh, every time you fail basically so Success is getting up every every time. Keep getting up, back up every time you fail. Everyone fails. Just bounce back from it, and you learn more in failure than you ever do in success as well. There's a there's a there's a load of different um, sort of quotes there that, um, that you can sort of take on board. Um, whether you think you can't, whether you think you can, or you think you can't, you're correct. That's another one, Henry Ford. Um, positive mindset. Keep learning every day. Um, Go out of your comfort zone. Um, all these, th- all these kinds of things. Throw yourself in at the deep end, and, and you'd be amazed what yeah, you can Yeah, I think achieve. when uh, you know, like you've probably covered every single quote that I've seen on Instagram in the last two years. There, but no, like, but it, it... <laughs> I'm very, very, I'm very prolific across social media. So you know, I put put up a few of those quotes, and um, even just following, you know, you know. Um, uh, motivational quote uh, sites just gives you a feel good thing and you know uh, wake up and, and and you know with a positive mi- uh, mindset smile don't and, watch the and news cracking, you know. I don't, don't watch, watch the news, the no, news to be honest with you my mother always my mother always says to me you should watch the news oh, what do I get out of it you know it's, it was well we empathise massively with what's going on in the Ukraine I mean uh, you know it's uh, People might think it's ignorant, but, you know... So if you uh, want a positive mindset, you need to be, like say, looking at positive things, being surrounded by positive people, you know, and, yeah. and, and surround yourself with, yeah. with people who are trying to achieve the same. Like, I found that when I went into, you know, I call it the property world, because I think as a community, everyone is, or I say everyone, most people tend to be, you know, forthcoming with advice. Um, you know, they're, they're sort yeah. of open arms, sharing. Yeah, exactly. And I just think that when you go into yeah. that world people do tend to be more open and you sort of, when you say get a feel good vibe, but you know, when you start immersing yourself, you're speaking with people, you learn stuff just from conversations as well. Um, Yeah. I mean, I get on well with other brokers as well. I mean, there's plenty of business to go around and some brokers you'll try and speak to them and they look at you like you, you know, you're a piece of shit because, um, because you're competition, but I don't have that attitude. Um, I've, 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 you know, I, I, I speak to, to other brokers, uh, you know, certain brokers who I know um, just, uh, you know, if I'm speaking to a client at an event, they'll come and sort of force me out of the way, that kind of thing, believe it or not. And it just makes them look like a bit of a tosser, to be honest. But um, hopefully people can see through that. But, uh, you know, there's plenty, just, just, you know, get out there and network and, I hope everyone, that's another quote, I hope everyone achieves, you know, you know, we're not in, in this to compete against each other, we're here to help each other. So that mindset, always keep helping people, you never know when that it's going to That is the law of reciprocity, out. isn't yeah. it? If, if, you know, you never sort of... Is that what it's called? I didn't it's, know. it's like, <laughs> yeah. um, for example, if you, I suppose law of reciprocity is essentially good karma. Um, if you sort of 
yeah, reciprocating, yeah, exactly. obviously. So, yeah. You never sort of yeah, yeah. get to receive, but you know, that one good deed you may do one day for somebody, they may remember that in five years' time and then it breeds an opportunity, doesn't it? So Exactly, yeah. Never know yeah. when it's gonna come back around. Uh if you're in here, yeah, you're in, in, in here for the long haul as well, try and, you know, um not yeah. Do what you can for exactly. people. So, yeah. Alex, we're coming to the end a bit now. Um, you know, we, we've covered a lot in this in this podcast, and we could go on for hours, you know, in development finance. I know, we could. Even before this, we were chatting, weren't we? We said, oh, we should have, you could have, could have had yeah. that on the podcast. You know, we can talk about business and property finance, and we're not even really touched on development finance. Well, maybe we'll we, uh, book in another one, and we'll have know, a development finance special. Yeah, it's fine, mate. Yeah, whenever. You know, always happy to educate. And uh, hopefully someone will have learned some some stuff. And you know where I am. If uh, if um, you'd like to, uh, um, so excuse me, that's the computer ringing, so I can't turn that off. No worries. Just uh, just mute your mic. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, it's off now anyway. There but um, I'll delete that, that bit out. Yeah. With regards to people finding you, where can where can people find you? Obviously, I see you all over Facebook. Um, so Alex Blake Brew on Facebook. What about Instagram, LinkedIn? Yeah, so I'm all over basically. LinkedIn, I've got about 20, well, 26,000 followers, I believe now. Um, so LinkedIn, Alex Blake I think it's. I think I'm Alex Blake Brewer, Development Finance and Bridging Expert, something like that. So you'll be able to find me. Um, Instagram, I'm Alex underscore Blake Brett underscore finance, I believe. I'll put, just I'll put it in the show notes that. anyway, but just just if you are on there. Yeah. And on, on Facebook, Alex Blake Brett and uh, AB Finance. And I'm looking at perhaps doing a, an Instagram, another Instagram just with the company as well. So um, feel free to, uh, um, to, 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 you know, connect. Well, probably I'm constantly sort of trying to delete people off my Facebook because I'm constantly at 5,000, but I don't like deleting people. So perhaps give me a follow on Facebook if you like. Um, my uh, profiles are open to following as well as uh, connecting. So, um, yeah, feel free to do much? that. My email just had, just had changed, um, alex at ab-finance.co.uk. Um so that was Alex Dot Blake at AB Hyphen Finance. You can get me on either um, mobile number. You can probably whack it in the uh, yeah. I'll put some in information the, in the show uh, in notes. notes. I'll put it all in so someone can get in touch if they obviously need need your services. And I'm sure there's many people that yeah. will going forward. So yeah, listen, Alex, fantastic. Thanks very much for your time yeah. today. I uh, hope you've enjoyed it as much as I have. Uh, I'm sure the listeners. Yeah, great, mate. Really good to uh, to, to to talk again and. Um, yeah, hopefully people will have learned something today. It's all about educating and uh, and sharing uh, and sharing and helping. And uh, you know, another thing, I'm available at limited uh, at, um, limited options, sort of at weekends and evenings. So if you're working nine till five, we can probably book something in. Uh, uh, you know, uh, especially currently being single uh, with no uh, no kids or anything, yeah. so I'm just smashing it out. Another. And yeah. There. yeah, there's a there's an apprenticeship for me. There's a, a job job for you and a, a potential potential girlfriend partner. Fantastic, brilliant. Yeah. All right, Alex, roll. Thanks for listening to a whole load of property, business, and mindset. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And if you like the podcast, please share it to others. In the meantime, to connect with Dan. 
follow him on Instagram at DanCooper1992. Until next time.